and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host, Justin Baker, is here joining me as we continue our preview on the 2023-24 NHL regular season. Uh, If you missed the first division preview of the Central Division, we did two episodes because it took us so damn long to get through... uh, all eight teams, but we are going to attempt to do one episode per division from, from here on out. So, uh, that's, that's, a, that's the goal. Will it happen? What's your money on that, Justin? Well, um, just, you know, first and foremost, let's just be honest, the Atlantic we're going to do in two shows. Oh, that's uh, true. Yeah. Cause we're yeah. going to hit wings and leafs. Yeah. In a separate episode. So, right, right. um, but yeah, I, I, I'm very confident in, in our ability to do that here moving forward. So, all right, good deal, good deal. Well, yeah. I'll, I will, uh, you know, it's one of the, I, we could put money on it, and then I could really drag it out just to win. <laughs> <laughs> but we won't do it. We'll keep. We're, we're, we're doing our best to keep it to one, uh, one episode for the Metro, one episode for the Pacific, and then we'll, we'll hit the bulk of the Atlantic, and then we're gonna do a, a Leafs Red Wings preview because those are our, our. Uh, the teams we cheer for so we're just going to spend a little extra time on those ones those will be coming up but again if you haven't listened to the central division subscribe to the show listen to both of those and uh if if you didn't listen to those then uh you know you won't know that we are going in the inverse order of the 2022 23 standings and it actually works out rather perfect for the Metropolitan Division, because why wouldn't we start with the Columbus Blue Jackets right now, who just, uh, what, 48 hours ago, uh, head coach, former head coach Michael Babcock resigns as their head coach after a uh, uh, good old HR disaster, which uh, Justin is in HR. So uh, I'm just going to let you, I, I actually wanted to ask you, you know, what would happen if this happened uh, if something similar happened in your context, oh my gosh! Oh. <laughs> like has has anything? Have you ever heard of anything happening like this? Even examples no. in school or anything as you were going up? I mean, so it it all comes down to like you know personal information, right? How private are you getting uh, with somebody when you're asking to look at someone's phone, right? I mean, like you know, of course, from an HR standpoint, there's there's HIPAA laws, right? So there's private medical information. You can't go around and ask people stuff like their gender, their sex, you know, what's your medical history, all that kind of crap. And so that, I mean, to be quite honest with today's younger players and, you know, I don't want to call it this, but a more woke generation of younger, you know, people these days. Maybe we could just say like a more, uh, there, there may be a little bit more sensitive. Yes. But also this generation goes, my, your phone is basically like your your diary plus your photo, your like photo albums plus your porn stash. <laughs> yeah, for, it's for an some, you know. But I, I love the diary part though. That is, that's a perfect way to put it because what it was, you know, for my sisters back in the day, I remember growing up, they all had diaries and you did not dare to touch those. That was taboo. Right. And imagine asking someone, hey, is it cool if I just check out your uh, diary for a little bit? I need you to bring right. it in next time we see each other. Yeah, and, and more than anything else, I mean, here's a coach that, you know, for whatever reason, right, I mean, he had to have heard all the chatter from the media, like, why was this guy hired? You know, he, right. uh, you know, giving him a second chance, all this crap. And so not even before training camp start, 
he is already doing some shit that is just quote unquote questionable to begin with. And that to me crosses the line because now you're, you're invading somebody's privacy. I mean, it, it is what it is. Right. And so regardless if, you know, they're worried about, you know, finding your link to other porn sites or, or their, you know, their sexting pics that they have, whatever, all that, that garbage aside, like there's no reason anybody should ever ask to see another person's phone unless, unless it's your spouse. Right. I mean, that's, that's really the only time, you know, that, that it's, it's okay. I yeah. Guess. Or when someone says, Hey, check this out. And they show you their, like, they, they offer it up, I guess. Is the, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it's not surprising that he didn't last long, but it is shocking that it didn't last. <laughs> it, it was, it was over before it began. Uh, but not the way I expected it to end. No. Um, but I'm sure he'll take his, uh, $50 million and go retire somewhere now. Um, <sighs> I, I cannot imagine that he ever coaches in the NHL again. And no, it's ECHL or bust at this point. Uh, I mean, and in the ECHL, I mean, it's like you, you're going to hire, you wouldn't hire this guy anyways. Well, that's true. You don't want him around young people anymore, right? I no, mean, I, just, I, uh, I'm in a, a, a chat with my family that likes the Leafs. And uh, I said, he, the, his only shot is to go to the KHL. 100%. Like, he could go to the <laughs> KHL and probably get a job. Um, they're not as sensitive over there, I don't think so. Uh, that that would be that would be his his last chance to go to the KHL, which I don't think he'll do, and uh, I don't think he exactly needed the money. I think it was just more like he wants he wanted to get back into coaching and thought he could prove everybody wrong, kind of thing, and uh, all that didn't happen. Uh, you know, you would just think that you, maybe you would run by the things that you're going to do with someone else. Like re- really, there was no one else that was like, "Hey, Mike, maybe we shouldn't do this." That's that's the question that I'm not seeing being asked anywhere is like was seriously was it just like Babcock went rogue all by himself in a room with a player by himself and like this is where he was doing it nobody else saw this happening no one else was around there was no assistant coaches no like there was just no one he did this all in secret I don't believe that I feel like there's there had to have been people around that could have questioned this or like pushed it a little bit and uh i it's that's the one thing that i'm kind of wondering is why why is he the only one who like knew about it or you know it was just like oh no it's no big deal uh, these couple players were cool with it and uh it just seems like there should there could have and should have been somebody else around i don't know it's just that's that's what kind of leaves me with some unanswered questions it's like who else could have been a little bit responsible for this aside from, you know, Kekalainen and Bill, uh, John Davidson who hired him, but that's a little different. Like I get it. The GM isn't like following the coach around. He's got other stuff to do, but usually there's a lot of people around the coaching staff. Uh, so it just seems a little funny that there was no one else that had anything to do with any of this. Just Mike Babcock going totally solo but should we talk about the blue jackets please <laughs> we'll <laughs> talk about for the, 20 minutes <laughs> yeah yeah right um pascal vincent now their head coach uh who i guess we'll say that's an internal hire he was their assistant coach uh prior so he's uh, he's just staying on gets elevated to head coach there were some that thought that he should have been the one who was hired as head coach before what was it scott hausen was he their last coach 
Brad Larson. Brad Larson, that's right. Yeah, yeah, close. Uh, <laughs> I, I had heard some people talking about Pascal Vincent uh, should have just been hired for, in the first place before him anyway. So maybe this is finally the, the right guy. It just took, you know, third third time's a charm kind of thing. So we'll see <laughs> because I can't imagine that Kekalainen is getting another shot at it with someone else. Like, this is probably going to be it. I mean, maybe he gets to hire another coach, but at this point he's done absolutely nothing in the 10 years he's been there, in my opinion, and not nah, absolutely nothing, but uh, been relatively ineffective. And uh, I think he could bring somebody else in. But in the meantime, let's talk Columbus Blue Jackets, and we'll, we'll leave the head coaching stuff aside. Uh, let's start with this. Let's start positive. What do you like about this team, Justin? I love their their first overall draft pick from this, you know, this previous draft, Adam Fantelli. Oh my gosh, this guy is going to be a beast. And I don't know if you've been watching any of the prospect yeah. tournaments, camp yeah. stuff in Traverse City, but he looked phenomenal. Um, he looks like he's going to be, in my opinion, I, I think he's the, my favorite for the Calder Trophy going into the season. Okay. Uh, yeah, I have I have heard from some Columbus Blue Jackets writers that they their prediction is Fantilli uh, becomes the greatest Blue Jacket of all time. And that he will eclipse Rick Nash. I've seen that in a few different places. So uh, that's a, I mean, it's a bold statement since Rick Nash, is he a hall of famer? Um, No, 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 but his numbers retired and whatnot in Columbus. And he's just the highest scoring blue jacket in history. Right. So uh, yeah, I mean, that doesn't, I don't know that the expectation is come in here and be the greatest player in franchise history. Um, They would love that, but uh, yeah, it certainly looks like he is going to be relied upon a lot this year. He's going to be it put in positions to succeed. And the nice thing for the Blue Jackets, they have a lot of players in front of them that they can play at center. So they can shift them around. He can play in the wing. You've got Boone Jenner. you got Sean Corrali. You've got Texier who can play center. Jack Roslovic. So you, you have pieces in place to where you don't have to play him against the best players every single night. Which, uh, which is a huge advantage. You know, a team that's picking, what, second overall generally has a, a very bare outlook on what they have to offer to the player who's coming in. But Columbus is relatively, uh, I won't say stacked, but their, their cupboards are relatively full of decent NHL players. I mean, they've got really high-end guys like Gaudreau and Line A, and throughout their lineup, there are, there's depth, there's just, I mean, their defense was really bad last year and all they did was go and grab Damon Severson and Ivan Provorov. And I think they're just poised to be a much, much better team. They've got a, a healthy Zach Wierenski. Uh This could be the one, that team, you know, where uh, every year there kind of seems like there's that team that finished poorly the year before and they come out and they they grab a playoff spot and this may be this year's version of the Seattle Kraken kind of vibe of, of last year. Ooh, okay. Wow. Um, it may I mean, be if I, they weren't in the Metro. It may. Well, so because the, the Metro I, is, is, is stacked. It's going to be a, a dog fight in the Metro, but well, I'll, I'll tell you this about the Metro. I, I think the top three spots are locked in. No questions about it. It's, it's New York, Carolina and, and Jersey, but Beyond that, they almost kind of remind me a little bit. This division 
it is going to remind me a little bit of the the central division this year where i mm. think you could only you might only see three teams get in in the playoffs just because again when we when we look at the other division we'll we'll talk about it later but with buffalo ottawa detroit all supposedly getting better and i i don't think you know again even though boston um is going to take a step back i don't think they're going to fall too far um yeah and, and so you could potentially only see three teams get in mm. from this division but i do think the teams at the bottom, i.e. Columbus, are going to be much, much more improved, especially with a healthy Warinsky and the improved back end. Now, the big question mark for me, though, is Merslikin. You have no Corpusalo there to, to bail you out at this point, and I'm not completely sold on Tarasov yet. Um, I'd like to see what, you know, a, a larger sample size before I give him my seal of approval, but uh, Merslikin, to me, is on They've a very, got Aaron very Dell leash. on a PTO. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you could see him come in, and it wouldn't be a bad ad for a third goaltender. Um, obviously, he'd have to probably start off in the AHL for the season, but I think you could see him called up, especially uh, given Merce Licken's injury history and, and maybe my lack of confidence in his ability to regain his old form. Yeah, I mean, he's he's being paid $5.4 million for another four years, so uh, it's time for Merce Lickens to kind of return to form. I mean, he's... He's uh, really two seasons removed from having a good year, right? Like his 916 save percentage in 2020-2021. And the year after that, he was pretty average. And last year, he really just, he stunk. Yeah, and here's the thing you said, right? Uh, Two years removed, right? And and who was the coach for the last two years? Brad Larson, so. Um, fair totally fair yeah yeah so now a new coach comes in maybe a new system better improved defense and and Warinsky's back healthy this year you might see you know I mean you would assume those numbers have got to go up yeah and and we haven't even really had a chance to mention like Kent Johnson who you're you know you expect to take that next step and be a regular member of this team and also like maybe get some some bigger minutes we have 40 points last year uh, if he takes that next step and also moves up in the lineup, I mean, Columbus has a lot to like here. Even even if this team doesn't make the playoffs, there's a lot of reason to watch this team. I mean, there. If I see, you know, I don't have a game to watch. Columbus is probably going to be one of those teams where I'm interested in see, in watching a lot of their players. I mean, I'm interested in watching see what Fantilli and Johnson and Marchenko and uh, and I mean, Goudreau and Line are always entertaining. Uh, I, I think this team has the potential to at least be competitive enough to be entertaining. Whereas last year they were just a mess. It was a mess. Uh, now, can anybody get their, their star forwards the puck? That'll be the challenge. You know, Provorov's got to be better than he was last year in Philadelphia. And, uh, I mean, Severson is a nice stay-at-home type of defenseman. He's not going to put up huge points. You know, if he can get... I guess he's more, he's more like a two-way guy, not not necessarily just stay at home, but um, he's responsible. But we'll see. You know, can can he get back to that forty-point clip uh, where he was a couple years ago? If he can, I think it probably means that Columbus is having a big year on the power play. Um, yeah, I I like that where this team's going. I don't know if they make the playoffs, but I like where they're going. Yeah, agreed. They're they're not making the playoffs in my mind, but I think they're going to move up. A couple spots in the standing, and it would not be a shocker to see them finish as high as fifth in this division. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, if if they made the playoffs, I think it would be it, like if if you just erase last season 
And you just go, or just forget it, get it out of your mind, look at what this team is, and look what they, the players that have been around that aren't you know too young, look what they've done in the last three years. Tell me this team isn't going to be competitive. And I think you would say, yeah, I mean, they, they probably are going to compete for a playoff spot. So I, th- I think last year does put a kind of a black eye on them, and you're like, eh, I don't know, they were terrible last year. Are they really going to win any games? Uh, but I think that they were they're much better than what they showed. So we shall see. Uh, but I, I think getting out of the basement is a- almost assured. Like I don't think they're going to finish last in this division because the next team that finished second to last in the division last year, the Philadelphia Flyers, um, they are probably the one team in this division that got worse. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, that, I mean, that starts with, you know, Ivan Provorov over to Columbus. They they lose, you know, one of their top defensemen. And uh, they are sporting a, what, a forward group of Travis Konechny, Joel Farabee, uh, Morgan Frost, Owen Tippett. It's kind of Scott Lawton. It's kind of this, like, ragtag bunch of guys outside of maybe Konechny and Farabee. And, and really, Konechny just hasn't been who he was a couple years ago, he had, I mean, 61 points. I, oh, I guess he, he did. Uh, I forgot he had a 30-goal se- uh, season last year. Uh, but this team doesn't have, there's not a whole lot to like about what this team's walking in with. And we don't necessarily know how good Sean Couturier is going to be coming back from injury. If he does at all. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I think he'll be, he'll be ready for the season. Um, but you know, again, that, that back end is, is very, very thin, depleted, right? I mean, you know, when, when you have Rasmus Ristolainen as your number one defenseman, that's, uh, that's cause for concern, right? Oh, and so when we say you Travis Sand- Sandheim's their number one defenseman? Yeah, or yeah. you could say he's their number one, sure. Yeah. And, and, but he's and in maybe, their pair, top pairing, probably. <laughs> right, and I, I think by the end of the year, it wouldn't shock me if you see a guy like Cam York or Sean Walker kind of take over, you know, number one duties or, or at least minimize, right? Um, but man, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. I think they've, they've got a, you know, they've got some good younger players. Um, you know, we, we mentioned, well, I don't know if you mentioned Owen Tippett in there. I think he's still young and, and up and coming. So you could see something from him. Noah Cates, um, again, young players that, you know, again, uh, you know, torch kind of gravitated to a little bit more last sure. year, but, um, man, there's, there's just not a love, a lot to love about this team up front or on the back end. I mean, you know, and, yeah, they and brought the in Garnet Hathaway, who had a you know had a, a decent little stretch there. Uh, yeah, but last he's season not playing for Boston. top six minutes no. either, so it's just it's tough. You know, maybe you have Cam Atkinson play on that third line and provide a little depth scoring, but um, you, you know, I, I this to me blew my mind when I was looking through this team. I was like, Cam Atkinson is thirty four, <laughs> right? Yeah, I do not remember him being in the league for the last what twelve years or something like that, like. That's uh, that's crazy, but yeah, he's he has been, and uh, I mean, he, he played well last year uh, until he he got hurt towards the end there. But yeah, I think there there's some okay players on this team. I look at it and I go, all right. I mean, Sean Couturier now thirty years old. Uh, any chance that maybe he moves? You know, I know his I know his deal's big, seven point seven million next year. The cap will go up by a considerable margin. I wonder if Sean Couturier is a player to consider 
moving, you know, Carter Hart's an RFA at the end of the year. Uh, his name will be coming up a lot, I think, throughout the season. And it's it's just going to be a likely another season of a lot of trade rumors, getting younger, and watching this team shoot for the stars in the draft lottery because that is what they're set up to do. Yeah, and that's that's the the name you mentioned, Carter Hart, right, that I'm going to be watching. The only reason I'm watching Philadelphia this season is because I want to see what plays out with him, right, because he's in, he's in a contract year, so obviously, um, you know, this is uh, – even though he's going to be an RFA, this is essentially a make-it-or-break-it year, right? Do they move on from him and really start the rebuild, you know, and refresh the right way, bring in a different goaltender? Um, I mean, that's, that's the big question mark, right, because they could probably still get a decent return – they're not going to get a first round pick, but you could probably he's, get. I mean, he's an average goalie, which that's not, that's nothing to balk about. Like he's oh, no. a guy who's, you know, he's maybe the 20th best goalie in the league. And, and that's okay. That's not a, a horrible place to be at because there are teams that have uh, two goalies in the top 20 of the league. So to have a goalie that's a top 20 goalie isn't a bad thing. Uh, I think, given the right scenario, I think he could win you playoff series uh, or two or three. Uh, given the right team, but this isn't the right team. And at this point, he's kind of wasting away here in Philadelphia. Kind of reminds me a little bit of a uh, a Gibson kind of kind of vibe in Anaheim where it's like, is he really this bad or is it just because the team in front of him has been this bad? Right. Yeah, and I wonder like a team like L.A., you know, at what point, you know, if Cam Talbot isn't really working out. I mean, not that I'm – thinking he's not going to work out. I think he'll be well, fine when, there. when but, he gets injured. Right. Well, there's that too, right? But, you know, again, a, a team like L.A. who's rebuilding, uh, well, not really rebuilding, but had retooled really very, very quickly, but never really addressed the long-term goalie situation. So maybe this is like a piece that they go after, you know, at the deadline or something. Who knows, right? But, yeah. again, that's all speculation, you know, what ifs. and. Um, but, again, there are teams out there like L.A. that could really use a young goaltender who has that potential and is, you know, even if they were to bring him in, he would still be a good fit and still provide them some decent numbers. All right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Philadelphia is what it is, you know, they're, they're rebuilding and we know that. And so I, I think if you're a Philadelphia fan, you're just kind of hoping to see uh, a continued change. Young players get opportunities to play. And, you know, those, those guys who are on expiring contracts, you, you hope that they get some decent picks for guys so that they can, you know, you can turn those into good players later on and have more shots at the at the lottery there, too. Um, okay, let's move on to the Washington Capitals. It's weird to see the Capitals this low in the division. Uh, they missed the playoffs for, what, the first time in, uh, since when? In a while, Gosh. right? Ten years. Yeah. First time in, like, 15 that yeah. Pittsburgh and Washington right. missed. <laughs> right, right. Um, I look at this team. It's relatively the same. You know, not a whole lot of changes have been made. There was a lot of talk about Anthony Mantha getting dealt. He didn't get dealt. There was a lot of Evgeny Kuznetsov rumors out there. Everyone was saying he would get dealt. He didn't. Uh, Backstrom and Ovi are back again. John Carlson's back. Uh, You know, really, it's just kind of a little bit the blue line. They lose Dmitry Orlov, Darcy Kemper, Charlie Lindgren still there. So much the same from Washington. Will it have different results this year? Uh, I'm not so confident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I it it's weird. Like, who's coming in after a really bad year? 
Uh, and by a, a really bad year by their standards, but like a very underwhelming season from the from the Washington Capitals in general. And and go, hey, why don't we just sit pat? You know, we'll lose one of our best defensemen. We'll just sit pat, though. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah, okay, my bad. They did bring in Max Pacioretty. I, I forgot about that. Um, but Max Pacioretty hasn't played a game in this league. Or what did he play? One game last year? Two games? Yeah. <laughs> so he's played one game. Oh, he played five games last year. 39 the year before. Uh, 40, oh, well, 48 the year before because there was a lockout. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, he has not played much hockey in the last two years. 44 games total and coming off of two different, what what was it, torn Achilles that he had? Oh, I think that's what it was. Yeah, either way, very significant injuries, just, right? So, just uh, not in a good position to be able to uh, instill confidence. I mean, good player. If if he's super healthy, I mean, great. I mean, that's fantastic. But I I don't know that I can trust that Max Pacioretty is the the one answer that the Capitals needed to uh, come back from in into the playoffs. And yes, by the way, it was two Achilles torn Achilles tendons since the summer of 2022. So take that yeah. for what it's worth. Um, I hear that's a pretty bad injury. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Aaron Rodgers. He'll tell oh, you. Oh, boy. He'll tell you. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I just, of course, the Washington Capitals, we're going to be watching them because we want to see Alex Ovechkin bust the goal record. We want to see him beat it, and it's going to be exciting as, as we get down here. He's at 822. He needs, uh, what, 71 more goals to break Gretzky's record. It's not going to happen this year, but his, uh, I mean, what, his worst goal scoring year uh, in the last six years was 33 goals in 16 17. So, and I mean, I think it's probably more likely he's in that like 40 goal mark again. And, you know, that'll leave us with next year, it'll be this huge chase because, uh, you know, he'll be somewhere around 860 and, There'll be a lot of chatter and it'll be a lot of fun to, to watch that race happen. But uh, I think really, to me, that's about the only reason why I'd be excited to watch this Washington Capitals team, because it just seems like they're running back a team that should have been dismantled three years ago. Yeah, you mentioned it, right? I, I, I could have told you the minute they signed Nicholas Backstrom to that extension, I knew they were handicapping themselves that they just were going to keep rolling it back until Ovi finally got that record-breaking goal, and then they're going to tear it down. Um, Which I mean, I, I mean, hey, you got to give them good players around him. You're not going you you are going to have him break that record. I mean, that is massive. It's unbelievable. But I think that they could have done. It's sad because they could have done more maybe three years ago to take a little bit of a step back in order to take a bigger step forward here. But uh, you know, it's all. It's yeah. same as Dylan Strom. Like you went out and signed Dylan Strom to five million bucks. Like you're signing Tom Wilson to six and a half million dollars. Like this, I mean, Tom Wilson is getting treated like he's Matthew Kachuk here. Yeah, well, like poor man's I, Matthew I, Kachuk. He doesn't put up. He doesn't put up the <laughs> the numbers consistently to to warrant this uh, amount of money. In my opinion, I, I know what he brings to the table in terms of the the grit. But come on. He no, in I, reality I a, he had one fifty point season, 
and the rest of the time he barely pushes 40 points. He is well, not worth Well, he's a guy that, that Obi likes to play with, and that's why he got the deal. Yep, yep, that would be that would and be that's it. Fair. And I don't mind. No, the, no, the because Trump. a good organization says, Alex, we understand that you like him, you like to play with him, but he's he, he plays with Alex Ovechkin, and look at the points he's still putting up. <laughs> Nothing. It, you, he's you. I would rather have Zach Hyman. I'd rather have Michael Bunting. Like, there's some. There's many other options. The Leafs have gone through and signed those guys for five dollars a piece. And then they let them walk and go somewhere else because they couldn't afford them. But still, like there's, there are other Tom Wilson type of players you could put up there that can actually put up numbers. Younger guys who you don't have to pay six and a half million dollars for the next seven years. I hated that deal. I think it's a joke. Uh, Tom Wilson has something on uh, Brian McClellan. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I, I don't will like say- it. Well, yeah, if there's anything positive to look at for this team, I will say um, I really like the fact that they brought in Rasmus Sandin, um, you know, 19 games Last played, year, 15 yeah, points. I, I thought it was, yeah, a good add at the end of the season, and, and I'm hoping he'll get, again, with some more elevated minutes, right? They don't have a lot of big players on that left side, and, and big, what I mean is, you know, guys that move the puck very well. So, um, you know, you could see his minutes elevated very, very quickly. Yeah, maybe he gets uh, to play with Carlson. Right, exactly. So, uh, he could be a nice fantasy sleeper out there and someone who can come in and, you know, anchor that second power play unit and could, you know, put up 30, 40 points for you, um, which in most fantasy leagues, if you can find a fourth to third defenseman that can put up those numbers, that's pretty good. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. And I, I mean, I, hey, they still have Darcy Kemper. Maybe he uh, he has a little bit more of a bounce back here. I don't think he he wasn't bad last year. No. Uh, 909 save percentage. Uh, I, I think he he was pretty good for what was in front of him. Uh, hopefully he can continue that and just, you know, you get used to playing with new players and, and that, that can also be a factor as well. Um, maybe they'll figure out what to do with Mantha. I, I don't expect this team to look exactly the same by the end of the year. I, I wonder what kind of changes they'll make and, and what kind of deadline acquisition they may make. Uh, but overall, I mean, yeah, I guess maybe the same thing goes for Columbus or with Washington, where I said, just forget about last year. Look at this team. Tell me, do they have a shot at the playoffs? High-end side, this team still has a lot of high-end players. And if Max Pacioretty can return to form and he can score three goals every five games, um, that's a 40-goal season. <laughs> it's a 50-goal season. So uh, I if if he can return to that, Maybe the the Capitals have a shot at a wild card, and you know some of these guys catch fire, have better years than they did last year, and uh, we're all going. Ugh, see, Washington was they weren't as bad as we thought they were, uh, but I just I don't know that I see them being able to push any of these teams that have risen ahead of them. Well, I've got them penciled in at number seven in this division. Oh, okay. So you've got so them falling go. even more. Uh, yep. Yeah, I mean that, and and you know what? It makes sense because you look at the team that finished ahead of Washington, which is the Pittsburgh Penguins. They did the opposite. They did everything they could do to to shake this team up. And even though it was really just one big move, they absolutely did that. They go out, they grab the best offensive defenseman of the last gen, of this generation. They go, they trade for him. And he just had over 100 points, which is outrageous. 
wins the Norris, and they go and acquire the guy. So for better, for worse, this team looks different. They have super, they, they went out, they got the best player that any other team, any team has added in this offseason. There's no team that added a better player than, uh, other than maybe, I would say even even Chicago adding Connor Bedard. For this next season, Carlson is the best ad out of any team. Pittsburgh did that. It's going to elevate the Penguins and it's going to motivate them. You know, I, I've heard Crosby talking a lot. They they these guys sound motivated to go out and and prove people wrong. I mean, they missed the playoffs by one point and they should have been in the playoffs. So I I think when I look at the Penguins compared to the Capitals. I see a team that's tr- actively trying to win, whereas Washington is just actively trying to not lose. <laughs> uh, that's the way that it, it, it appears. Uh, I like the way you put that. And let's not forget, Crosby's still a top 10 player in this, this league. In Hell my yeah, he is. So I, as long as you got a player like that, I mean, come on. You, you've still got a chance. You've got arguably a top 10 defenseman, a top 10 centerman. And not to mention, not only do I mean, they go out and add Eric. Hey, remember how Evgeny Malkin put up 83 points last year? Oh, yeah, quietly, right? <laughs> so now you, Yeah, I mean. And added I, Riley Smith? Well, that, there's another addition, right? You add Riley Smith, too, in my mind, is still a very formidable player. So he's going to provide some, some nice top six minutes for you. And then you get Ryan Graves, who, in my opinion, is going to be so underrated on this back end. I think he does a very good job of being responsible defensively. And I think he's going to... Uh, allow guys like Eric Carlson and and Latang to just go and do their thing offensively and not have to really worry so much about the defensive side of it because this guy to me was a stud last year in in Jersey the way he was able to play both ends of the rink. Yep, absolutely. And uh, they rid themselves of Jeff Petrie who just was not a fit here. Uh, they they did a lot of nice things, and I I th- I think that the Penguins out of out of any of the teams that missed the playoffs in the Metro last year has the best chance to return. I agree. Uh, No doubt about it. Um, When you look up and down this roster, the Penguins now, now we've, we've officially shifted to the Penguins. If you haven't picked that up yet, Um, (laughs) what uh, from a defensive standpoint, you know, we know Carlson, Latang, you got Graves and Peterson, and then, you know, some combination of Ty Smith, Ruedel, um, Pierre Oliver Joseph. But from a forward standpoint, this team's issue has always been depth. It's been depth since they were winning cups. <laughs> that it was always the like, all right, who's gonna who's gonna play yeah, there was the who's gonna play with Crosby, but then there was who else is gonna do anything when these two lines are out on the ice. Uh do we have a lot of faith in Jeff Carter at this point? You know Well, I don't know if they do either, and I think that's part of the reason they brought in Lars Eller because Carter is slowing down. It's it's apparent. And when you have to be a little bit more responsible and have your legs underneath you when you're playing the center position, uh, you know, that's... that's Yeah, down to 29 well, points last year, just not, not cutting it. Um, and, and Lars Eller is a nice a nice grab. You know, he's 34 years old, but he's he's responsible. And then uh, Nola Chari as well, who... Uh, I mean, Dubas just acquired at the trade deadline. He leaves his team, and then he goes and he signs him in Pittsburgh. So that tells you what Dubas thinks about Nola Chari, who had a really nice playoff for the Leafs uh, in terms of, you know, he he only had two goals, but what else, the other things that he brings to the table, um, not a big points guy, but somebody who can fill in the, the roster there in Pittsburgh. Um, and I also, 
I I have a sneaky, not a sneaky. <laughs> I have this this soft place for Matt Nieto. I don't know why. I just always have liked him. Uh, I I like his speed. I I think that like he's somebody who yeah he's gonna play on your on your like bottom the fourth line, but he's somebody who who just seems to chip in at the right time. Uh, he he did for the Avalanche last year. You know he went back to Colorado after uh, spending. He, he seems to bounce around. You know San Jose, Colorado, San Jose, Colorado. Uh, now he's in Pittsburgh, and I. I it's it's one of those signings where I, I I'm glad that he just keeps on finding a home because I've always liked Matt Nieto and what he can bring to that, uh, you know the bottom the bottom six there, in in Pittsburgh. So, um, yeah. Do you have this team making the playoffs? You have them well, sneaking in. They're a bubble team. I I'm still on the fence about them because I'm not 100 percent uh, sold on you know again I. I, I'm, I'm curious how Jake Gensel is going to bounce back right yeah, after that's coming the big off question, injury. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and you know what? I, I have 100% faith in, in Crosby Malkin up front, Latang and Carlson on the back end. Uh, a little shaky on Tristan Jari. So, um, you know, maybe they overpaid because, you know, again, there's there weren't a ton of options out there as far as goaltending. But um, ultimately, hey, if he can require... stay healthy, good on him. But I don't have that faith that he can stay healthy. Right, and, and I think that's part of the reason, too. They also brought in Alex Nedeljkovic. I think they're hoping that maybe he can get back to that Carolina form after you know playing in Detroit. And they, they also bring in another former Detroit goaltender in Magnus Helberg, who, um, you know, who I think could be a decent third goaltender. I'm not sold on him entirely, but... Yeah, he could um, start eight games or something like that. Yeah, but, you know, again, I, I think it's all going to come down on Jari to bounce back a little bit, and, and you hope that, you know, again, with you know, the top three almost essentially written in for this division. Um, you hope that those emerging teams in the other division in this conference aren't going to take too many wins from you. Uh, because again, Boston, in my opinion, is going to drop down a little bit. So those wins are up for grab. And if maybe Pittsburgh grabs, you know, a couple of those wins that maybe Boston had, you know, it could, could spell for a playoff. Yeah. I think if I remember correctly, Pittsburgh lost every game to Carolina and New Jersey last year. I believe not to mention that disaster against Chicago at the well, end of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do, I don't know how you lose that game. You're literally uh, playing a team that is w- trying to lose, and and you have to win <laughs> one yeah, game against yep. that team, and you couldn't pull it out of your ass. Terrible. Um, okay, let's let's swing into the playoff teams in the Metro from from last year. At least uh, the New York Islanders were one of the wild card teams and they, you know, they went out and grabbed Bo Horvat at the deadline. To me, that was kind of their big off season move anyways. Like they just happened to get them a little bit early uh, because that was really the biggest move for the Islanders going out and locking up two solid centers, Matt Barzell, Bo Horvat. I would say two centers that are like one B type of centers. So you got two one B centers and uh, that's not a bad place to be. You know, if you can't, I mean, they did draft Matthew Barzell, uh, who is a good player, but he's not a superstar. And and neither is Bo Horvat, but they're that next level. They're elite. Uh, so they, they've got those guys set. The the questionable things to me were like giving Pierre Ingvall three million times seven. <laughs> 17 years. <laughs> that, was, that was a weird one. Uh, just wanting to lock these guys up for... 
as as long as possible, I guess, like Scott Mayfield getting uh, three and a half million for eight years. And uh, and then, of course, Sorokin, that one's more justified. We're okay with that one. Uh, And Semyon Varlamov signing for another four years. So, I mean, the Islanders locked in with a great goaltending duo for the next four years, the foreseeable future. Uh, where do you see this team with a Bo Horvat all year long? Do you see them being better than where they were last year in that wild card spot? Boy, I mean, so it, it really depends on are you going to get that chemistry because they tried to to do Horvat in the center and Barzell on the wing right at, towards the end of the year. Um, so do you have to split these guys up or can you create some sort of chemistry with them together? Right, and I think that's that's kind of the hope. Um, because ideally I think if you can roll those two guys out almost like a, just like a top heavy forward group, because this team has got a great defense, great goaltending, like you mentioned. So they're going to be a team that's not going to go out and beat you five to one, but I think they're going to rely heavily on guys like Corvette and Barzell to win you those two to one games, those three to two games, uh, you know, when, when the games are a little bit tighter, because, you know, when you look up and down this forward group, uh, past them, maybe Anders Lee. And Brock Nelson, who was a little bit of a surprise to me last year, um, you know, might are going to chip in a few goals here and there. But, man, really out, outside of that, um, I, I, I do have my concerns for sure. So yeah, uh, the this, depth at this four group. Yeah, are they going to be able to score goals, which is so important in today's NHL? Um, it's just if, – if there's one team in the Metro that made the playoffs that I'm most concerned about, it's the Islanders. Well, to me, if there's one team that made the playoffs in the entire NHL that I'm most concerned about, it's the Islanders. Okay, all right. For me, yeah, I'm, I'm I feel you on that. Yeah, it's. I just worry about their forward group. I mean, they've got the goaltending, they've got the defense, but they just don't have enough up front for me to feel confident about them trying to outscore their opponents. I mean, hell, they they had a 21 goal score in Zach Parise, and they're not even like trying to get him back on a PTO to say, hey, you know what, just. Just come back, you know, like hell, if you, if you had your choice between Cal Clutterbuck or Matt Martin or Zach Parise, I'd take Parise all day. Yeah, I, I wonder if it's more Parise. I, I, did I see something about Zach Parise? He he was going to wait a minute before he came back? That could be. Yeah, I, I heard he wasn't going to attend Islanders camp, but then then again, I never heard he, he got just a doesn't PTO want to come to camp. Or, <laughs> yeah, so who knows? He's not retiring. He said, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. But right now, it's important for him to be at home. He spent a couple years with the Islanders. And so that is his decision at this point. Um, So, I mean, that's... uh, It doesn't seem like he's retiring, but he just doesn't want to go to camp. Maybe he... You know, he's doing the the Patrick Kane, like, I'll just sign somewhere in, like, December and and come in wherever he wants to go. I mean, it's not a bad move. Like, if, if you think about it for a veteran... I mean, he's not fantastic by any means, but he can come in and be on your third line. He could slot up a little bit, uh, play on their second power play or something. But for a veteran to be able to go, hey, I'm not going to, I don't want to play all 82 games. I want to play like 45 games and go to the playoffs and see if I can win a cup. Man, why wouldn't you sit back and see where you can sign? The smarter move for him is the fact that he can sit around and wait and see how the standings play out instead of trying to be like, Okay, who's going to be on top? No, he'll actually right, see right, who's on exactly. top and then go sign there. Yep, exactly. Which, you know, is a team on the very top going to want him? Probably not. Uh, but probably if the Islanders are in a in a good position, uh, maybe he comes back. But he might just be like, well, the Islanders are kind of bad, so I don't really want to go play. <laughs> I don't really want to go right. back. But 
Uh, yeah, I, I think the Islanders are... They they might be the most boring team to me in the Metro. <laughs> other than Philadelphia. Like, Philadelphia is just bad, but the Islanders are just just have a, a bore about them that I, I, I just can't get into. I don't know. Sorry, Islanders fans. I just... Something about that forward group that just is like... I mean, you guys aren't scoring goals. It's... It's not as fun to watch. Yeah, uh, they might not make the playoffs, but they could potentially have a Vesna winner this year. True, true. And he would be the reason they make the playoffs. Exactly. If he wins the Vesna, it's because they definitely made the playoffs. So there's there's also that. Um, all right. So let's move to the other side of the city in New York, uh, over to the Rangers, where uh, you know lots of uh, mostly standing pat, other than bringing in Blake Wheeler. That was a, an interesting signing, but he comes in at 800000 You can bury him away if it doesn't work out. But for the most part, we're running it back with the team that was here last season, and I'm totally okay with that. I think that series against New Jersey could have gone either way, and uh, if, if the Rangers had beat them, I think it could have been a completely different playoff picture, and the, the Rangers are going to do what they do best. You know, they're going to be incredible on the power play and uh, they're going to rely on Shesterkin. Yeah. I mean, their biggest offseason acquisition in my mind, uh, while I do think Blake Wheeler could be a sneaky value add in fantasy leagues, um, to me, the, the best offseason acquisition was Peter Laviolette. Um, this is a head coach that has made the I'm Stanley Cup finals. Fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Peter Laviolette has made the Stanley Cup Finals three times in his career, and he does it quick. He's done it in years one, two, and three with three different teams. And so this is a guy who, in my opinion, is going to come in here really fast and uh, I think take this team you know, to a whole other level very, very quickly. So, And um, you just need either Kako or Lafreniere to, to find it. Well, so, I, so here's my opinion on those two guys. I think they... They had good growth last year, and I don't think they, you know, they did. They both put up about 40 points each. But here's the thing. Most guys in their position, when you're getting drafted number one or number two, you're usually going into places that have opportunity for you to play in top six roles. You don't have a lot of talent around you, but these guys get drafted in a spot where they've got you know proven elite guys. They're fourth liners. <laughs> yeah, and so it, it's hard for them to, to get that growth and that ice time that they need because – Look, these guys on any you know any other team at, at the time that was struggling and drafting at the top like New York did, um, you know they would be playing on the first power play unit. But these guys will be lucky to see PP two time. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I, that's that's very true. They don't get the power play time that uh, another first overall, second overall pick would probably get. Yeah, now Blake Wheeler comes in here and he's probably going to take some power play time from these guys mm. too. I, I am very curious as to what Blake Wheeler's role on this team is going to be. I mean, he hey, he's coming out off of a 55-point season. Uh, he's never been a big goal scorer. He's, he's a guy who's going to dish the puck. Um, he had a really nice playoff, albeit in five games, but he had a, he, he played well. And uh, I, I'm, I'm just curious. I'm curious, you know, is he sort of their replacement for Patrick Kane? You know, Kane, I mean, he does play the right side. You know, Patrick Kane isn't signed there yet. I wonder if Patrick Kane does come back again, but uh, it seems like Blake Wheeler may be the, their option of, well, we lost Pat. We're not going to have Patrick Kane. We've got Blake Wheeler. And I think Blake Wheeler maybe does a little bit more for you uh, because Patrick Kane was hurt. I think he, he could be more effective than Kane was. 
in those tight roles where, where you need him to be uh, tight defensively. So uh, not that Blake Wheeler's known for his defense, but no, uh, I, I love this signing though, because he's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder, right? He was basically cast out of Winnipeg, C stripped off his, his Jersey. Um, so he's coming into a team where he takes a one year prove it deal kind of thing. And he's going to go out there and say, you know what? I can still skate. I can still play. Um, the one knock I do have on him is he doesn't score a lot of goals. Um, so if you're Laviolette, you got to pair him with somebody who's going to score some goals. And, and obviously Panarin is, is similar. He doesn't score goals, so please don't put those two guys together. But, you know, maybe he puts them on the third line or second line with Lafreniere and finds a little winning combination there. All right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, does everything for the Rangers comes down to Shesterkin. If he's as, if he's in a, a Vesna candidate once again, Adam Fox is a Norris Trophy candidate once again. Uh, we're looking at a team that is, like you said, a lock for the playoffs. Um, last time I said that the Flyers missed the playoffs, and uh, <laughs> the uh, I mean, but do the Rangers have a ceiling higher than where they went last year? Like, are they better than third in this division? Are they a team that can win multiple rounds and get back to the conference finals, maybe the finals like they did the year before? Yeah, I think so. I mean, to me, they're still a top three team in this division, and I, I, the question is, you know. Um, are you going to try to take that first overall spot, which I think many writers and pundits will have, you know, penciled in Carolina already. But if you can somehow slip in there and get that number one spot, you don't have to play Jersey in the first round. And I think it makes things a little bit easier. But, um, yeah, I, I think with this team, what they have up front on the back end, adding Eric Gustafson, a 40-point guy uh, to play in your third pair, I mean – yeah, he's just – I mean, also, though, when Eric Gustafson went to a good Leafs team, he he barely saw time, right? Like, he played two games in the playoffs. He played nine games in the regular season, and he did not put up the kind of numbers that he was putting up in Washington. So, I sure. just and, – And who knows, with Ryan Lindgren, Keandre Miller, who knows, you know, one of those guys get hurt, or maybe they want to mix lines up a little bit, right? Maybe move Jacob Truba down, third pairing. Yeah, from so a defensive standpoint, so they have a little minutes. more depth. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and we know the Rangers will add at the deadline. It's possible that Patrick Kane resigns with them uh, midway through the year, sometime in December or something like that. And then that that adds a whole other dynamic as well. So I, I think there's this isn't going to be the Rangers team that walks into the playoffs, uh, but this is a this is a great start. And the, the Rangers are in, in they have tons of depth. Maybe dare I say the most forward depth out of any team in the Metro, it's possible, especially if they go out and grab Patrick Kane. Um, yeah, maybe outside of New Jersey, but... Um, I don't know. I think, yeah. uh, I think I'd, I, I'm think i taking... Uh, I mean, it's not, not as far as depth. I mean, New Jersey's top six is fantastic, and I think as good as New York's, uh, I think they lost a little bit of their depth in the offseason, to be honest. New Jersey. Okay. Um, okay, well, let, let's move on to New Jersey then. Let's. <laughs> uh, let's. Uh, I guess the biggest question for New Jersey, uh, before we jump into their forwards, is their goaltending. You know, it's Vitek, Vanacek, Akira Schmid. I know it worked out last year. Schmid ended up kind of being a fantastic number two for this team. And he, he played 18 games, 922 save percentage. He played nine playoff games and was great. Uh, can he run that back? Like we've seen plenty of goalies have one good year. And by one good year, I mean like 30 good games. 
and uh, Vitek Vanacek was really the guy all year long, and he he just really mightily struggled in the playoffs too. But where do we are, are you concerned about this goaltending pair? No, I I think it's a good enough pair to to go out there and, and win you games and still get you in a top three spot in this division. But um, you know the question is if if one of these guys get hurt, you know, am I comfortable just relying on one of those guys and then having to, you know, um, again, you know, you have to go back to the well a little bit with Keith Kincaid maybe or, or Nico Dawes. Am I, am I comfortable with bringing one of those guys up to help out? Because, you know, we, we know Vitek Benacek has an injury history and, and Schmid again, he had a great year last year. He looked very, very good in the playoffs, but again, he's still, he still didn't play a whole young. year or even half of one. No, exactly. He's only got, 24 games of NHL experience under his belt and and in 23 games with the Utah Comets he wasn't phenomenal so again you know what guy are you going to get this season so if he proves that he's not living up to the hype or maybe he's struggling a little bit right do I feel comfortable then well maybe not but um, the one thing I will say um, you know New Jersey does have plenty of deadline cap space and you know again uh, accounting for additional long-term you know LTIR guys and things like that during the course of the season they could make a play for a, a goaltender, you know, and one that I look at, um, you know, we, we talked about Carter Hart, but I, I look, um, you know, at a different division and maybe at some point you can, if Boston's struggling, maybe you go and look at, you know, Allmark, who's going to need a new contract after this year and probably a, a very pricey one uh, that Boston can't afford. You know, maybe you're willing to make a play, a big move like that. Hmm. There you go. I like that. I like that. That's a good idea. Um, yeah. Boston will be an interesting team to, uh, to see yeah i'm sorry swayman do. i meant swayman not swayman. all mark needs a new contract well, yeah. yeah but but either one of them i guess could potentially be dealt if you absolutely. wanted to keep swayman as your guy although all mark did just win you the vesna so right and then let's not forget too that on this back end um you know we didn't even mention luke hughes who already i think is written in he's got the second best odds for the calder this season all right yeah i mean he's he's going to be a very good defenseman as far at least as far as offensive uh defenseman goes I, I like that he's going to get really get an opportunity and that happens, but you know, they, they dealt Damon Severson and uh, allows for some new blood to come in here. And uh, I mean, top to bat, bottom Hamilton, Marino, Siegenthaler, Colin Miller, Brendan Smith, Kevin ball, Luke Hughes. I mean, that's seven defensemen that could all be in most NHL teams, top five defensemen. So I think they're in a good position from a defensive standpoint. Maybe they don't have the super, super high end. Like, do we drop Dougie Hamilton in that? I I know he puts up a lot of points, uh, but I don't know. You know, you look at his production in the playoffs. Look at how much it dropped off. I mean, he went from 22 goals in the regular season to one in the playoffs in 12 games and four points, a minus 11. I I don't know that we're. I'm willing to lump Dougie Hamilton in the same kind of breath as a Victor Hedman or uh, an Eric Carlson, like guys who are just that top top elite. But he's the next one down, right? Like he's he maybe isn't he's he's a little above Matthias Ekholm, not quite Roman Yossi though. Was, no, I put him in that that tier, that second tier with guys like Josh Morrissey. Yeah. Um, yes, that's you know, a good other players that's like good that. Time. Yeah. So that that to me, you know, New Jersey, I mean, hey, like Siegenthaler, he had a fantastic year, 21 points, but like kind of 
really cemented himself as a really important part of that defense. Can he do it again? You know, that's that's really his first year doing that. Can he do it again? Uh, you know, what does Brendan Smith have left in the tank? Uh, Kevin Ball, young defenseman, 23 years old. He had a, you know, low points in the in the regular season last year. Played well enough to to find his way onto the roster though, but you know that's this is really this what I'm getting at is like this is the one area for New Jersey where you're like all right you you have a lot of good defensemen you have a lot of guys who are second pairing defensemen Dougie Hamilton obviously first pairing defenseman Luke Hughes I know he's we're all talking about him like he's going to be this fantastic defenseman I'm sure he will be but this year will he be a top pairing defenseman I don't know he's 20 years old there's a lot of growth that needs to happen especially, you know, he came in late last year to play for the Devils. What did he play? Two games in the regular season, three in the playoffs. He got scratched in the playoffs. Like, I don't know that he's going to be all that people think he's going to be right away. Doesn't mean he's not going to be a great defenseman, but right away. So this it is my biggest question mark, is the, the Devils' defense. If there's a world where the Devils miss the playoffs, it's probably because... Dougie Hamilton, John Marino, maybe one of those two guys goes down with an injury and New Jersey finds themselves in a position to where they, they just can't get the puck up to their fantastic forward group. Maybe the best top six in the, uh, definitely the Metro, uh, but maybe in the entire Eastern conference. So that's where I hit, hit with the devils. Their defense kind of just worries me a little. Okay. Yeah. No, I love it. I think I'm kind of with you on that one. Luke Hughes, you got to shelter him a little bit, give him some time to develop, be responsible defensively, right? That's that's the concern there. Because uh, I have no doubt he's going to be able to put up the points, but that defensive, you know, quality that maybe is lacking, uh, you know, pair him with somebody who's very responsible, i.e., maybe like a Colin Miller. Um, let him help him develop a little bit there, and then of course, um, like we talked about earlier, the goaltending, right? So if that that goes down if that gets a little suspect that could be because two years ago that was the case right Right? exactly so you know i'm not worried about the sport group and what they can do offensively because again when you've got guys like gosh eric holla and meyer hughes brad heischer palat tofoli there's your top six and it's fantastic right tyler tofoli mercer i mean you've got so many good names there um yeah it's it's a bevy of riches for this war group so um if they can keep the puck out of the net i i have no no doubt that, you know, again, they can uh, get back in the playoffs. Yep, absolutely. Uh, they they should be a relative lock for the playoffs, but that the defense combined with the goaltending, there's a world in which that, you know, I think Pittsburgh's going to be better. I think Washington's going to be better. I think Columbus is going to be better. I think maybe even the Rangers are better than they were last year. And, I mean, the Islanders get Bo Horvat for the entire year. That's going to mean something for them. And I, I think I could see a world. Maybe, maybe the Devils don't make the they they don't miss the playoffs. But maybe the Devils are actually uh, they have the year we thought they would have last year. This year, you know, I think last year we were like they're definitely going to be in the in the playoff hunt. They'll probably be a wild card team. That's where I'd slot them. Maybe the third team in the division. So I don't know if they finish top two in the division, but I think they they'll make the playoffs but they might end up just being a wild card team this time around. 
All right, we'll see. That's, uh, but they, I guess they do have Timo Meyer all year long, so that's that's another thing. And and hopefully he kind of gels a little better having the whole the whole training camp and the whole year to, to play there as well. Um, okay, one last team here. It is the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, they won the division last year, and they are a lot of people's favorites to win the division again this upcoming year, especially adding, bringing back Anthony D'Angelo, Dmitry Orlov. They've got their whole, they're running back their whole goaltending trio. Uh, this team looks largely the same as they did last year, plus Orlov and Michael Bunting on the forward side. Uh, did they do enough for you to fend off the, the teams below them? Well, listen, I love the Dmitry Orlov signing, and I love the fact that he's almost essentially betting on himself uh, taking a two-year deal where we know he probably could have got a four- or five-year deal somewhere else at like $6 million, six and a half. Um, yeah, he basically was like, I don't want to – he told his agent – his agent said, this is dumb, and he said, I don't care. I want to. I, I don't want to sign a longer than a two-year deal anyways because right. <laughs> I want to see where I could go after that. You rarely see that, and I love that. Uh, because I think he's a Swiss Army knife defenseman. He can do everything. So he's going to bring a lot of different options to that team. But, uh, you know, as far as, you know, what I wish they would have added in this offseason, to me, I still wish they would have added, um, you know, a top six goal scorer. I think, you know, again, we saw with, um, you know, Sveshnikov getting injured and, and out during the playoffs, it very much hurt their ability to score goals. And and it cost them a series, you know, cost them the you know, potential shot at the cup, which I think is – you know, they had gone up against Vegas in the, the finals. Boy, I, I I don't know. I would have probably picked Carolina over them. The well, way, also, know. is there any team that could lose their top scorer and still win a round in the playoffs besides Carolina? Right. <laughs> There's very few, right? Like, imagine the Leafs losing Matthews. Or imagine, uh, like, if Vegas hadn't had Mark Stone. Or if... Florida was Kachuk without losing. Kachuk. Yeah, yeah, we saw what happened to them. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they stunk. Exactly. Uh, uh, Pittsburgh without Crosby. Like, there's all sorts of teams where if their best player wasn't there, they're not going to win that round. And I, I don't know that you can – like, you have to expect that your best players are going to be around come playoff time. I mean, and if they're not, you're probably not going to win the cup. Like, that's just kind of – is the unlucky portion of, of what hockey brings. Um, but – I I agree, and this has been an issue with Carolina for several years, is where's that one extra elite goal scorer that would certainly put you over the top and make you a definitive cup contender? They've got the defense all settled. I mean, they just keep on adding good defensemen all the time. Well, the big question with defenses is what, what are we going to see next year, right? They've got a lot of UFAs. Sure, sure. I mean, and, yeah, just, I mean, you're you're looking at it and you go, all right, between Shea and Pesci, who's staying? That's the biggest question mark. And and do they both last the season? Right. Uh, if, and maybe maybe they move one of those guys to bring in that goal scorer, right? Sure. Yeah, you could see it. I mean, they would have the depth to absorb that. But yeah, that's a. Uh, it's it's going to be another year of dominance, I think from the Carolina hurricanes, because with Rod Brindamore at the helm, these guys aren't taking nights off. And I really like the, I, I like going out and getting my, Michael bunting. I think he'll make a difference in their top six. I think he adds something that they didn't have there before. Uh, I also really like the idea of Jordan Stahl 
Michael Bunting uh, being on the same team together where I think that Jordan Stahl was a, he was better uh, in terms of talent wise, you know, and, and Bunting is a little bit older than Stahl was when he broke out in the league. But I think they're similar players in that, like they both definitely tried to um, get under your skin a little bit. They, they're good two way. They kind of like Swiss army knife type of player. And I, I think that maybe having Jordan Stahl there to show Michael Bunting how to be that type of player could be really big for his career. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't hate the move for sure. Um, but so with me, when I look at teams, uh, you know, there's always one team every year that kind of surprises, right? We had last year with New Jersey, but then there's always teams that, you know, one team every year that just kind of falls off the rails a little bit. Right. I think that was, that was Columbus as well last year. Um, you know, maybe we expected Columbus to, to push for a playoff spot and they just sort of fell off and just <laughs> had a disastrous season. But Not too often, uh, though, that we go, hey, this team could win the President's Trophy and then they don't make the playoffs. Right. And, and while I don't think they're going to be that disastrous, if there's any team that I think could potentially slip a few spots and not live up to, you know, again, those expectations where everybody's essentially written them in as the, the you know, Metropolitan Division winner already – I think this is a team that could potentially fall down to the third place because I, I like what New Jersey did or you know what New Jersey did in the offseason. I like the Rangers where they're at, and I think those two teams are going to compete for that, that top spot in this division along with Carolina. But I think if anybody has more, more of a chance to falter, I would say Carolina because they don't have proven goal scorers up front like these other two teams do. Okay. Yeah, I, I just – it seems as though a bulk of the league is moving to doing goal scoring by committee. And it's like Carolina has been doing it long before it became cool. And then last year, like the Kraken made it extra cool. And then the Vegas golden Knights won the cup. And that sort of, I I know they have superstars as well, but Vegas kind of, you know, they score uh, with a ton of depth, right? Like that was their, their big MO was they just had a tremendous amount of depth. Florida could not compete with the amount of depth, even with, with Matthew Kachuk in the lineup, I don't think Florida was was going to stand a chance with Vegas's depth. And Carolina is just, they have a, a filthy amount of depth, especially at the defensive side. I mean, shoot, their bottom six could be <laughs> Brett Pesci and Anthony D'Angelo. <laughs> I mean, that's, or Brady Shea. Like, they, they're ridiculous. They have players who are on their bottom pairing defensemen who could be some team's top defensemen. That's no, I, I, I mean, agree with you. That's unlike anything we've really seen in a long time. This defense is disgusting. I, I mean, that's essentially why Vegas was also so good last year because they had a, a disgusting third pair. It was just so good right. with white cloud. And you know, it, wasn't, so, uh, wasn't Chris Chelios on the Red Wings third pairing when they won the cup in like 98 uh-huh. or 2002. Maybe one of those two years. I don't remember which one. Uh, something like that. I mean, I'm, I'm not that I'm comparing Brett Pesci to uh, to Trish yeah, Chris Chelios, but, but a fantastic at, defenseman playing way down the lineup. Yeah, absolutely. There's a reason Same why I don't situation. think he wants to sign an extension here. I think he wants to play somewhere where he can actually play. <laughs> He's probably looking up the lineup like, what the frick, guys? Was I not good enough for you? You got to bring in Orlov? Yeah, I, so that, that right side, right, we know Brett Burns is going to get top power play minutes, but then you've got D'Angelo, who's going to come in on that second pairing and, you know, be that right side guy. So that eventually, or, or you know, just eliminates Pesci from getting any chance right. on a power play. 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if he gets dealt before the deadline. That's that. That'll be the. You know, do they keep him and say we're running it with these guys and and we'll go. Let's go win a cup. Um, or do they try to acquire something for him? Maybe balance out their forward group, like you said, bring in a goal scorer. But those are just so tough to go out and grab. Like, how many teams go? Boy, I know we have a we have a lot of guys that can score goals. So let's go out and get a stay at home defenseman for him. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't well, know a team that has too many goal scorers that they're like, hey, let's give a goal scorer to one of the better teams in the league for this. So. I'll tell you what, though, depending on uh, one team, I will look at. Uh, that I am concerned with their defense is the Florida Panthers, right? And so you look at, uh, you know, you've got Ekblad and, and Weger. They're basically going to miss, you know, first couple months of the season. Um, you know, I look, they've got guys that are, are UFAs coming up and need new contracts. So, you know, perhaps maybe a guy like Sam Bennett or Carter Verhage are just poking their heads out and saying, you know, what, we'll, we'll make a one-for-one swap here. Yeah, but Sam and, uh, Bennett, I mean, he had 16 goals last year. He, I don't know that he's the answer to your goal scoring. Carter Verhage scored 42 last Verha- year. Yeah, okay. I mean, Verha- yeah, but Verhage's so important to your offense. That's, I that's mean, they're not getting. dealing him, but yeah. It's just so hard to find a team that's willing to give that player up. I mean, outside of, sure, a team that's deep out of the playoffs and and it's it's obvious something's not going to work, though, those guys could be, uh, could be shipped off. But, you know, I, I think that Chicago and – uh, maybe like <laughs> Chicago's going to deal players at the deadline. We know that, but Taylor Hall's got two years left on his deal. I don't know that that'll be easily dealt. Uh, well, maybe would you be willing to take a guy like um, say Tomas Hurdle or Logan Couture at a you know discounted rate of five, four, you know, oh, four oh, million bucks? Sure, sure, absolutely. You know? Yeah, or I mean, a Tanner Pearson in Montreal. That's not a bad, a bad thought there, but. Yeah, it's, but the, the other problem is, is though a lot of these teams that are you know at the bottom of the league, they're rebuilding and they're not taking a twenty-nine-year-old Brett Pesci either. So, right, right, exactly. Uh, so one team that could be interesting if they were willing to, you know, if an extension was in place for Pesci because of the other defense and that they're going to lose. What about now? Carolina would probably have to give up something in addition to, but a Brett Pesci for Elias Lindholm if he wasn't willing to sign. Ooh. Send him back. Wasn't he from Carolina? Uh, I don't remember. Wasn't actually. he in that deal? Oh, no, no, no. I don't I don't who I don't am think I thinking so. Of? I think Noah Hannafin is who you're thinking of. No, no, no. Yeah, he was. No. Yeah, Carolina. No, Brett Pesci never went to uh No, not Brett Pesci. I'm talking about Elias Lindholm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah, he was part of that Noah Hannafin deal. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, because he had 44 points, and then he went to Calgary and had 78 the next year. Uh, so send Lindholm back to Carolina for Pesci. Oh, boy, that would be You'd have to include a little more because the centerman's more valuable than he is. But because of the defenseman that Calgary is likely to lose here, if they were going to lose out on Lindholm, you know, it would, would open that up. My goodness, Lindholm, $4.8 million on the cap hit. That's a... <laughs> That's highway robbery. That guy's going to get yeah. closer. Well, he's going to gonna get Dylan Larkin more yeah. of that money. Yeah, so. yep, exactly. Um, okay, well, that is the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, do we want to uh, just reiterate, go back through our playoff picks before we get out of here? I absolutely will. You you thought three teams would make the playoffs in this division. Yeah, I, well, I said it's possible, right? We could only see three playoff teams come from this division. With Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit, all in my mind getting better, um, but I, I suppose I'll just I'll go first and shoot it off here. I I think ultimately at the top I I do have the the 
New York Ranger, Rangers pencil in as my number one team from this division. Um, I think Carolina and Jersey are pretty much going to fight it out for that 2-3 spot there. And then, in my opinion, I don't think anybody – I think Pittsburgh gets pretty damn close, but I think they miss out again by like a point this season. You, they'll, they'll finish in that four spot, and then you're going to see, I think, Columbus right below them, and then the Islanders, Washington, Philly. So the Islanders are falling hard. I think you. so. Okay. Yeah, I've – I have the top team in this division still is the Carolina Hurricanes. Number two, I'm going Pittsburgh Penguins in at the number two. Ooh, I think they're ooh. having a big bounce back year. I love it, and, though. Uh, and I, I think this will be a year they make a lot of noise. Maybe one, like, really their one last legitimate shot at a cup uh, could be this year. I think they'll do everything they can to make that happen. And then coming in at number three, I'm going the New York Rangers and then wild card New Jersey Devils. So I, I do think that there will be four and four. I don't think that Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo are all going to be standings wise so much better that one of those teams makes the playoffs and so does every other team that made the playoffs in the Atlantic last season um, also making it in. So, I mean, that it would be... It was pretty close last year to that to that happening. I mean, there was there were almost uh, five teams, but I, I think it's it's less likely. You know, it's it's likely that there's four teams, and I think that you know, that'll I, be the way it all plays out. I think you convinced me. I, I had Pittsburgh in at four. I'm going to keep them at four, but I do think they make the playoffs. Okay, I just don't see you know that that many teams in the in the Atlantic doing that well. Um, but we'll we'll get to the Atlantic. I'm concerned about the Boston Bruins. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get there. We'll we'll get there. Uh, Montre- Montreal is going to be real bad again. <laughs> They're going to be really bad. Uh, they might be worse than Philadelphia next year. Oh boy! Okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, they don't have a goalie. But we'll we'll, well get we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So uh, our next show will be the Pacific Division, though. Uh, we'll break down the uh, the Ducks, Sharks, Canucks, Flames, Kraken, Kings, Oilers, and Golden Knights, and uh, of of course we'll we'll give our playoff picks for that division as well, and then we'll be closing it out with the six teams in the Atlantic that we don't like as much as we like the Red Wings and the Leafs. So we'll and uh, that'll be our final preview show before the start of the regular season, and then you know we'll actually be watching real life hockey. Although we will be watching real life hockey in four days. On the 23rd, which is exciting. Um, Justin, any last thoughts on the Metro? Oh, boy. Uh, good luck to uh, Mr. Vincent over there. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. In Columbus. <laughs> yeah. If I have anything to, to uh, any advice that I could pass on to him, it would be don't ask anyone for their phones. Just leave <laughs> that out of it. Or, you know, maybe just like walk around with an HR guy. Hey, is it, am I allowed to do this? There you go. No? Okay. <laughs> you know, you should apply for that job. That'd Just be, get somebody from the NHLPA to follow you around. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah we're not comfortable with you uh, You doing that. You, you can't have that guy on power play, too. We, we don't like him that much. All right, all right. I'll take him off. I'll take him off. <laughs> all right. Well, that's our show. You can find us on Twitter, at OT Hockey Talk. And uh, until next time, when we preview the Pacific Division, we hope you enjoy the last shreds of summer. And we will talk to you guys soon. 